Hello, and welcome to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about upcoming events, this podcast, and for other resources, visit candygibbs.com. We are going to talk about how to enter the courts. And I'll tell you, I kind of mentioned, you know, no matter how old we get, we continue to learn more and grow more and and all of that. And something a few years ago that all of a sudden dawned on me that I think I had the wrong idea about were the courts. How many of you have read scriptures about enter his courts with thanksgiving, enter his gates with praise, you're right, all of that. And always in my mind, I'm thinking of a courtyard, like a garden. And I don't know why that is, but I always just envision coming into the flowers and the, you know, a little courtyard and oh, how wonderful that is. But that is not what the scripture says. It says courts. And it means a courtroom with real officers of a court. And when you think about it from that perspective versus how I was thinking about it, that's quite different, right? So I'm thinking of frolicking through the daisies and really there's a bailiff and an accuser and a defense attorney and a judge, right? That's not frolicking through the daisies. So it has started me thinking about things in a new way. And some of you have heard a little bit of my testimony and I won't go into it completely, but I do want to tell you just a little bit about it. All of my life growing up, I wanted to be an attorney. And all through elementary school, middle school, I mean, beginning of high school, that was the plan. And I, you know, thought that would be like my best life. You guys watch Blue Bloods? Aaron Reagan has my life. Or Madam Secretary, even, if you watch that, I could have loved that too. So all growing up, I mean, that was, that was the goal. But I also, uh, I told you I got saved when I was five. My dad was a youth minister um, where we went to church. I always went to church. I don't remember ever not knowing about God. Um, I loved my youth group, loved my church, but I was so shy. Very, very shy, which is also kind of weird like shy girl that no one doesn't want to be noticed at all, but you want to be an attorney. You know, that's kind of not real fitting. But all growing up, that was kind of the way it was. And I felt so awkward all the time. I just never felt like I fit in. I did not know how to carry myself. I just always felt like people were like, ooh, you're just a little bit awkward. Well, the older I got, I started to make some really bad decisions out of that place of insecurity. And um, I started to compromise in every way. So my junior year of high school, I started dating a guy that was not good. Uh, My parents did not approve at all. We started dating because my parents didn't approve. There was a lot of lying, a lot of sneaking around. I was never where my parents thought I was. 
um, I could lie faster than I could tell the truth. And I was creating some really bad patterns. And close to the end of my senior year, I got pregnant. And I had to tell my parents, my dad, the youth minister, and really also at this point of my life, I was really living two lives. I, I really was doing a good job of acting like I was the best youth group member at my church. I mean, I could have won any Bible drill, could have answered any question you asked me. However, what I was doing with my friends over here was completely contrary to this, and neither of these two worlds met. I don't know if you've ever had that experience, but it's terrible. But that's kind of where I was. So when I found out I was pregnant, um, my dad and I decided that what I should do is to have an abortion because we didn't want anybody at church to know that I had been doing these things. And so one week after I found out I was pregnant, I did have an abortion. And it absolutely changed everything. And um, I went through a couple of years of really bad depression. Don't think I was suicidal, maybe, but certainly hopeless. And life was just bad. And about two years after that, I started going to a class at Hope Choice, where I now work, for women who had had abortions. And I remember going in there and thinking, my life is a wreck. Now I have graduated high school. I am working as a bank teller and at a photo developing, picture developing place that you guys probably don't even know about. But um, I worked two jobs and I was trying to go to Amarillo College at night. And I was working all the time, school all the time, trying to occupy every minute of my life because I could not stand the secret place, like Mallory was saying. I could not stand the quiet. And so I start doing this Bible study because I think I don't know what else to do. My life at 19 is completely ruined. So I start doing this Bible study. And it isn't anything in particular that I learned. But it was time alone just with the Lord. And I started to realize that he had seen everything and that he still loved me and that he was still willing to pay the ultimate price for me. And that even though I had made a lot of bad choices and I had sinned a lot, grossly immoral, he could still forgive me. And maybe he could use me. And everything turned around. And at that point is when I realized what I was capable of, but what he was capable of. And so really quickly after that, I started working at Hope Choice. I was 21 uh, when I started working there. So this is actually my 25th year to work there. And I have got to spend a lot of time with women considering um, whether they're going to carry their baby or have an abortion. God does incredible things um, when women give him the opportunity to act on their behalf and uh, we've started all kinds of fun programs, and the Lord has just done incredible things 
through this ministry, and I love that I get to be there. But I have joked always, I think I miss my calling. Like, I really wanted to be an attorney. And my husband often says, you really would have made a great prosecutor. And so it's kind of been just this joke, like, yeah, you wanted to do that, you didn't, moving on, right? So there is no way that I can really express how thankful and blessed I am to be able to do what I do. Because the Lord has really taken all of my huge mistakes and allowed all of that destruction to maybe be a benefit in other people's lives. So this past January, I was actually um, at my church. We do kind of like a revival in January. So we were at church. It's called Zion. And um, I, how many of you have ever had a vision? Like in worship, you're awake, you've had a vision, a vision. Well, I may have had one or two others, but not real often. I'm not really, I don't have a lot of that. But this year at Zion, I did. And it was one night just in worship, and it was the strangest thing. But I, I had my eyes closed, and the Lord just showed me images of me throughout my life. And I started out as just this really insecure little girl, and I could see myself and I could see him there with me. And then I could see me trying to be good. I don't know if you've ever experienced a season in life where you just try so hard to do it right. And then as a rebellious, very immoral teenager, but in the most loving way, Jesus was just showing me all of these seasons of my life. So then it came to when I met my husband and then becoming a mom and serving in the ministry. And so it was just this really sweet progression of all the seasons of my life. And right at the end of that, I saw the Lord open these big wooden doors. And when he opened the doors, it was a courtroom. And he invited me to come into the courtroom and I heard the Lord say, your dream of becoming an attorney is fulfilled in me. You are an officer of the court and you will present cases before me and receive decrees to be carried out. And it was the sweetest thing because even down to that detail that I had thought it was just sort of this flight of thought that I had as a kid. But the Lord showed me that it really was a dream that he had placed in my heart. And even down to that, it hasn't been unfulfilled. Romans 11.29 says that the gifts and the callings of the Lord are irrevocable. And they don't always look the way that we think that they will. 
but he doesn't forget any of the promises that he has made to you. So I've spent some time thinking about the courtroom and what that looks like, and I want to invite you on this journey with me. So Psalm 100 says this, Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Have you ever thought about that Psalms? Enter his gates with praise and his courts with thanksgiving as directives or rules of the court. So I looked up online, what are court rules? And here's what I found. The court enforces rules of procedure and decorum for the professional, efficient, and respectful operation of the court. These rules are enforced out of respect for all of those who participate in the operation, whether they are citizens, attorneys, law enforcement officers, court staff, witnesses, observers, or the judge. And then it goes on to tell you what time court begins, what you can wear. No one should chew gum. You have to silence your cell phones. It tells you how to approach the bench and that you rise when the judge enters and leaves. So Psalm 100 is giving us an idea of how we are to enter the court of the Lord, and that is with praise and thanksgiving. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. Do you know that petition is a court term? You petition the court. With thanksgiving, you present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So if we are going to go before the only righteous judge, our first step is to understand the court rules. And the very first thing we need to know is how to enter. And that is with thanksgiving and praise. So we've all heard that um, scripture about coming into the presence of God with praise and thanksgiving. Have you ever thought things like, and you don't have to admit it, but I have, like, okay, so... Does God like just sit around all day like waiting to be thanked and praised? I mean, that's kind of, hmm, I don't know. So I want to read you Psalm 50. I'm going to read this. This is long, but, but we've already talked about the power of the word. So I'm going to give you a lot of word this weekend. <clears throat> Psalm 50. The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes. He does not keep silent because words are powerful. Before him is a devouring fire. Around him a mighty tempest. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me my faithful ones who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. 
The heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel. I will testify against you. I am God, your God. Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds, for every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills and all that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will glorify me. But to the wicked, God says, what right do you have to recite my statutes or take my covenant on your lips? For you hate discipline and you cast my words. Do you see the value of that? Behind you. If you see a thief, you are pleased with him and you keep company with adulterers. You give your mouth free reign for evil and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. These things you have done and I have been silent. You thought that I was one like yourself, but now I rebuke you and lay the charge before you. Mark this then, you who forget God, least I tear you apart and there be none to devour. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. To one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. So now that we're kind of talking about the courts of the Lord, do you hear as we read Psalm 50 all of the terminology associated with a courtroom? And first, God says the heavens declare God as the righteous judge. And God then begins to address believers as they come before him. And what he says is, I don't want your sacrifices. If I was hungry, I would not tell you because all of the food on the earth already belongs to me. He says, do I drink the blood of goats and bulls? I don't want your sacrifice. But then he said, but what I do want, and did you hear what it was? Is that you would come to me on the day of trouble and let me help you. I don't want anything from you. I want you to come to me and let me help you. And his word to the wicked is very different because he tells the wicked, I've seen what you're doing and I will lay the charge before you. So Psalm 50 does a really good job of expressing and showing us what the courts of the Lord look like. Revelation 4 8 through 11 says, Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. And day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to Him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the twelve—I mean, the 24 elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and they worship Him who lives forever and they lay their crowns before the throne and they say, You are worthy, 
our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. So imagine, all day, all night, every day, every night, he has the four living creatures saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. And all the 24 elders, every time those four creatures say that, the 24 elders say, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created everything and by your will they were created over and over and over. So if this is happening and they're laying their crowns before him all day, every day, is it for his benefit that he says that we should enter his presence with praise and thanksgiving? Or is it for our benefit? The reason that we need to enter his courts, how many of you have ever been to court? Anybody ever been a witness? Ever been a juror? Ever been in a courtroom? It's a little intimidating, right? We need to remind ourselves because any courtroom is intimidating. The court with the judge and the accuser and the defense attorney, it's a little intimidating. We need to remind ourselves how thankful we are with the judge and what an intimate relationship we have with him. Y'all seen the Wizard of Oz, surely? Y'all remember whenever Dorothy and the Scarecrow and the Lion and the Tin Man and Toto go before the wizard and the lion that needs the courage, right? And they are terrified, right? So much so that the lion turns around and runs out the window, right? It would be way more intimidating than that to go into the courtroom before the Ancient of Days with the accuser who is your enemy and Jesus who is your defense unless I remind myself out loud with my words, that is my father and he loves me. And I am thankful for my defense because he gave his life for me and he calls me his bride. And I am thankful that he has equipped me and prepared me and he calls me forgiven and chosen and loved. And the more, the closer that I get up to that throne before that judge, the more confident I become if I will praise and thank him for who he is to me. And I'll tell you what else. When I say that, he is my father. He forgives me. He chose me. Do you know who else hears it? Your enemy. And every declaration that you make reminding yourself of how good that judge and your God is, it also reminds your accuser. Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything. Don't be afraid. 
Don't be nervous. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, come before the throne. There's another scripture in Hebrews that says, come before the throne of grace with confidence that you may receive mercy because Jesus understands. So when you walk into that courtroom, it is not a fair setup because the judge is on your side and Jesus is your intercessor and your defense. All the while, I am reminding myself of the goodness and the faithfulness and the power of God, the one righteous judge. So we're going to close tonight. Tomorrow morning, we are going into the court. And we're going to take some cases before him. We're also going to practice using his word and saying it out loud. So this weekend, we're going to learn to walk into the court, to approach the bench, to stand before the judge that the Bible also calls the Ancient of Days, to face our accuser, to hear the case presented and the accusations made, and then to hear our advocate, our defender, Jesus, intercede on our behalf. And then we're going to wait on the decision. But first, we're going to remind ourselves of who he is and how thankful we are for his character and for his redemption and that we can trust him. So we're going to end tonight with just a little bit uh, more worship and some praise. And I want you to just stand up and make yourself comfortable around the room. And as Mallory and Spencer play, I'm going to just read to you some scripture. And while you stand, I want you to just close your eyes and listen to these descriptions of the Lord. Because this is your God. This is your judge. This is your Father. This is Jesus that paid the price for you. And He is proud of you. And He is proud to be family with you. He's proud to tend to you. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise Him, you servants of the Lord, you who minister in the house of the Lord in the courts of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praise to His name, for that is pleasant. For the Lord has chosen Jacob to be His own, Israel to be His treasured possession. I know that the Lord is great, that our God is greater than all gods. The Lord does whatever pleases Him in the heavens and on the earth, in the seas and all their depths. He makes clouds rise from the ends of the earth and He sends lightning with rain and brings out the wind from His storehouses. He struck down the firstborn of Egypt, the firstborn of people and animals. He sent His signs and wonders into your midst, Egypt. Against Pharaoh and all his servants, he struck down many nations and killed mighty kings. And he gave their land as an inheritance, an inheritance to his people. Your name, Lord, endures forever. Your renown through all generations. 
for the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. God, we're going to be anxious for nothing and we're going to make our petitions known in your courts because we need you to hand down some decisions in our lives. But in order to approach the bench, we need to remind ourselves of who he is, the righteous judge, and we do that through our praise and thanksgiving. So as we close tonight in these last moments of praise and worship, I want you to envision yourself entering the courtroom. And I want you to ask the Lord, what are the cases, the situations, the circumstances that you need a decision on this weekend? You can handle this time any way that you want to, any way that the Lord leads you, but you may need to say some things out loud and remind yourself of what you're thankful for. But I believe that this weekend is going to be very individual to each one of us because we each have different situations, different circumstances, different people, relationships, unanswered prayers and questions, health issues, family situations. But there is something specific that the Lord wants to visit with you this weekend. And tomorrow, we're going to take that situation before the judge, and we're going to enter that courtroom. So tonight, we're going to praise and thank Him for who He is and His character, because He is good and He is loving. God, I thank You that Your thoughts are not my thoughts. And your ways are not my ways, and we need them to be different. We need them to be more. We are thankful that you are God, and we are not. God, you have been so good to us. We give you praise, Lord, and we thank you. Thanks for listening to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. For more information and other resources, visit candygibbs.com.